Local cases of COVID continue to explode. The CECC announced a new high of 5,172 on Sunday, with 5,092 of them locally transmitted and 80 imported. Let's hear from the health minister. The number of local cases stands at 5,092, while the number of imported cases is 80. The number of people with moderate symptoms has increased by 10 from 78, and those with severe symptoms have increased by 1 from 7. 24 people with moderate symptoms have been released from quarantine. Currently, those with mild or no symptoms amount to 99.64%, while moderate symptoms account for 0.33% and severe symptoms 0.03%. The coverage rate for those who have had their first vaccine shot is 84.5% and for the second shot is 79.77%, while additional primary dose coverage stands at 0.85% and booster shots 57.75%. Chen also announced plans to begin distributing 200,000 doses of the Moderna vaccine tomorrow, bringing the total distribution to 480,000 doses, which will provide vaccine shots for 900,000 people. Chen also said a batch of 1.37 million doses of vaccine is expected to be delivered to Taiwan sometime this week. Rapid test kits have been in short supply since COVID cases began to surge locally. The government has distributed more than 123 million kits to online shops, supermarkets, convenience stores and hypermarkets, while most pharmacies are out of stock. A rationing system will be rolled out next month. Members of the public will be able to use their national health insurance card to purchase up to five kits a month. This pharmacist has been answering the phone all morning, responding to inquiries about home-use rapid test kits. Her shelves have been empty for 10 days and her notebook contains more than 200 orders for these kits. That's in addition to her many customers who come into her shop to make inquiries. A leading supermarket chain is now offering packets of individual rapid antigen self-test kits. It has distributed 20,000 packets to its 391 stores nationwide, and each customer is limited to purchasing one. The infection numbers have been shooting up, something like 3,000 or 4,000. There doesn't seem to be any available in convenience stores or pharmacies. The distributors said they would get us some, even promising that a batch would be delivered on April 22nd. And then they told us on April 22nd that their supplies had been appropriated by the government. So we've been out of stock all this time. The government's rationing system for distribution of test kits won't be rolled out until early May at the earliest. The system will allow members of the public to use their national health insurance card to purchase up to five kits a month with each costing about 100 NT. Health Minister Chen Shijung says the government will purchase 30 million and 90,000 test kits from upstream suppliers in the coming four months. Another 100 million kits will be imported. Domestic antigen self-test manufacturer Tidoc 
also says the price of their test kits will be lowered bit by bit. To help the public learn the proper way to administer a self-test, an ear and nose throat doctor has even made a video on the subject. With easy to understand steps, this doctor shows viewers how to successfully complete a rapid test. The key is to insert the cotton swab at a slanted angle. Once the swab hits the nasal floor, it should be turned upright. The insertion should be in a slow twisting forward motion to avoid causing any pain. From their purchase to their use, rapid tests are becoming an integral part of the lives of the citizenry as the nation battles COVID-19. As local COVID cases broke the 4,000 mark on Saturday and various organizations began requiring that people get a booster as a condition for entry, many people rushed out to get a shot of COVID vaccine Sunday. Hordes were seen lining up at a vaccination booth set up at Taipei Songshan MRT station. There are worries that the elderly will be especially vulnerable to the Omicron variant as the mortality rate for this group is especially high. At 9 o'clock a.m. sharp, medical staff began handing out numbers to people in the queue and got straight to work. The crowd flooded the MRT station, with a line of people stretching from the lower level all the way up the staircase to the upper level. I came here because they've started restricting access to people who haven't had their third shot. I'm only doing this to make it easier for me to enter some places. There are new rules now, so I thought I'd get a third shot. It's my first time. I've been watching to see how the pandemic is playing out. It's now getting more serious, so I've come here to get a jab. Some people came to get their third shot as this would make it easier for them to enter various venues, while some elderly people were getting vaccinated for the first time. This booth at Sungshan Station was offering 300 shots of Medigen in the morning and 300 shots of the Moderna vaccine in the afternoon. Overall, roughly 600 people got vaccinated in one day and the hope is that this will help to increase Taiwan's vaccination coverage. Even though the Omicron variant causes mild symptoms, the mortality rate among the elderly should not be underestimated. If the pandemic gets worse, a huge number of deaths will involve the elderly, especially those that have not been vaccinated and a large number of those that have a chronic illness. We should promote vaccinations for the elderly and hope that the coverage can reach at least 90% this is the only way to make our COVID mortality rate drop. Actually, Omicron is in Taiwan and is already spreading like a ripple. By mid-May, we may have tens of thousands of locally transmitted cases per day. With the transmission of the virus spreading rapidly in society, some doctors estimate that by May, daily local cases may exceed 10,000. Although it may soon be well-nigh impossible to avoid getting infected, Taiwan can survive the upcoming peak period in this pandemic if everyone gets three dosages of the COVID vaccine, which can prevent severe symptoms and death, as well as prevent medical institutions from becoming overburdened. Children grow and develop at different rates, but sometimes a child is so far behind others in the same age group that there's cause for concern. For children with developmental delays, early intervention can make a world of difference. Doctors say there's a window of opportunity for brain development 
and that diagnosing problems early can help delay children catch up with their peers. Tonight, we meet a special team that's on a mission to provide timely care to kids, even those in Taiwan's most remote corners. Our Sunday special report. Guided by a therapist, eight-year-old Chi-Chi gets up on her legs. She's had to practice for a long time to be able to stand up by herself. Chi-Chi was born with cerebral palsy and has been in therapy since birth. The kids in this classroom all have some sort of early developmental impairment. They come to the hospital once a week for a one-hour session of physical therapy. Early intervention programs like these aim to help children with developmental delays or physical and mental disabilities. The goal is to get children to realize their potential and to tackle developmental delays. When children experience developmental delays, early intervention therapy can help them catch up with their peers before the golden window for brain development closes. Human brain development is fastest in the first three years of life, making that the ideal period for early intervention. But doctors say that many children miss that window of opportunity because parents fail to notice the signs of developmental delays. For example, other children may have begun running and jumping while your child still has a hard time walking. That could signal a developmental delay in motor skills. Or perhaps other children are speaking in full sentences, but your child can only use single words and has trouble communicating. Perhaps your child is unable to take part in group activities. If they are slower than other children in these areas, we have to pay special attention to them. There are booklets and charts that can help parents identify whether their newborns have developmental delays. Say that your child learns to walk later than other children do. That's a gross motor skill. Some children might have problems using their hands. That involves fine motor skills. There are children who speak more slowly, who have a stammer or who have articulation disorders. These signal delays in language development. Another major category relates to behavioral skills. For example, if the children has turned three years old but still does not know how to interact with other children, that's a behavioral problem. These are the main four kinds of developmental skills. According to the World Health Organization, between 6 and 8 percent of children experience some form of developmental delay. To help more children get early intervention when they need it, Linko's Changa Memorial Hospital created a specialized task force. It's made up of specialist doctors, physical, functional and speech therapists, psychologists, special education instructors and social workers. Together, they go to rural areas to help children in need. Today, the team has traveled to the mountainous Fuxing district in Taoyuan. It took them more than two hours to reach their destination, Sanguan Elementary School. Mm -hmm. 
有三分之一的学生哈都有接受到呃早疗的服务。About one third of our students are receiving early intervention services. These students were transferred to our school this year. I think that many of them have a family background that is not favorable to their development. The school has 32 students in total from grade one to six. Ten of them, or one in every three, use early intervention services. I've worked here for almost 27 years. The kids here, like many other children in rural areas, belong to families with limited economic resources. They may also be culturally deprived. Some of their inner needs may not be met. They may need help from their parents, who are usually busy working the land or stressed with other work matters. Some children are being brought up by their grandparents. Some live in single-parent households, or they may be orphans. The team from Changka Memorial Hospital knows just how vital early intervention can be. For more than two years now, they have provided therapy to children in rural areas. The work involves more than 30 experts. Taking this kind of therapy to the community level takes up a lot of resources because you don't just need doctors. Speech therapists, physical therapists, cognitive therapists, psychologists all have to go up those mountains as well. It's quite a large team, but early intervention is necessary because it affects the child's overall development. To make sure each child gets the proper attention, the team tailors its therapies on a case-by-case -case basis. This allows the team to offer the best care to each child in the limited time available. Usually, a child needs to be able to understand something before he or she can say it. Many parents might ask a child to repeat after them, to copy their speech. But then, the child is just saying something that's meaningless. So, we focus more on comprehension. Generally speaking, if you can start therapies at the early stages of development, you can improve cognitive scores by one standard deviation. For instance, you can raise IQ scores by 15 points. That's a considerable figure. The medical team's work goes beyond looking for children with developmental delays in rural areas. They also try to help children in urban areas catch up with their peers before the developmental window of opportunity closes. The team designed an inclusive playground at Changa Memorial Hospital, one that can be used by children at all levels of development. Xiao Jun says he can't get enough of the playground. For children like him, few other places like this exist. I take him to other playgrounds as well, but I'm always a little afraid because other children aren't aware of his situation. So I think this kind of inclusive playground is quite good. It lets kids with special needs enjoy more types of environments. Traditional playgrounds leave out children like them. Inclusive playgrounds are suited to them. Children with special needs can go to the playgrounds for training exercises. Exercising at a playground feels different from exercising in a hospital. Because inside the hospital, there are sources of stress that might make kids cry. 
Doing the exercises in a playground setting can be more helpful compared to doing them in a hospital. This inclusive playground has about 10 different installations where children can play together while honing their developmental skills. You can see that the equipment is like what you would find at traditional playgrounds, but modified. It's easier to get on and off. There's more room for error. For example, if you sit at an angle, you still get support. You won't slide down the way you would on a regular seesaw. Another thing is that the playground provides rich cognitive stimulation. The height of the equipment is also well adjusted for these kids. Some of it has been adapted so that the wheelchair users can get on and play as well. Another special thing about the inclusive playground is that there are volunteers on duty, ready to play educational games with the kids and help them work on their motor and cognitive skills. There are a lot of different stimuli. Some stimulate the vestibular system, for instance, the swings. Some stimulate cognitive and hand functions. There are things that you can move around with your hands. The playground was designed to let children exercise their gross motor skills, their fine motor skills and their balance. They can experience a variety of sensory stimuli. The playground offers a very complete experience. According to the World Health Organization, every dollar spent on early intervention saves three dollars in special education down the line. That is to say, Early intervention therapy does not just benefit children and their families, but society as a whole. Sometimes I do feel more at peace with it all. I think I'm doing all I can. I just have to do my best so that I don't regret things later. For parents, Early intervention can offer hope that their child will thrive despite developmental delays. For the child, early intervention gives the best possible chance of reaching one's full potential. Contemporary artist Li Zaiqian is 94 years old this year, but he's still living his best life. Li paints and writes poetry every day, and he still cooks for himself and goes on long drives. What's the secret to his longevity? Let's find out. With skillful brushstrokes, he draws an ocean and a reef. His every move is as steady as a mountain, as he holds his posture perfectly still and upright. This is artist Li Zaiqian. Born in 1928, he's 94 years young today. Li is known as a pioneer of Taiwanese modern sculpture, and his works can be seen at major art galleries. Although he's advanced in years, he says he's healthy as a horse. He still creates art every day, and needs neither a walking stick nor handrails to make it downstairs. Whenever he needs to travel, he hops into a car and drives it himself. to his plants in the yard, occasionally taking deep breaths to recharge. When the weather is fair, he goes to the beach for some light stretches. That's life these days for the renowned artist, who says that he takes it easy but is very particular about what he eats. He likes to cook his meals himself. When it comes to what I eat, I am selective. There are a few things I love to eat. 
fish as the first one. Peanuts. I only drink hot water, not cold water. He doesn't drink sweet beverages and he avoids animal offal. His favorite foods are fresh fish, which he says improves his constitution. Lee reveals that when he was younger, he drank and smoked copiously and often played mahjong for hours. He stayed up late and got up even later, punishing his body. The martial law era was a very dangerous time. You might be drinking and chatting with friends. One wrong word and you'd be finished. Mahjong was the best possible diversion and smoking was a way to numb yourself. But at 50, you realize that there's not much time left. You read more and you rush to paint, make sculptures or read books. You can no longer play Mahjong all night. I have strong willpower. When I want to stop, I stop. At 50 years old, Lee suffered a severe illness that pushed him to acknowledge the importance of good health. He said goodbye to his vices, and his physical condition gradually improved. Before he knew it, he was 94 years old. Lee says a happy heart and an artistic passion to pursue are his secrets to longevity. And in sports, two Taiwanese athletes won gold at the World Taekwondo Pumse Championships in Goyang, South Korea over the weekend. Mai Bingzhong and Huang Pingjie won the mixed under-30 pair event. The duo was thrilled at winning gold, running around the floor and brandishing Chinese Taipei's Olympic flag. Some in the crowd called out for acrobatics and Ma didn't disappoint. He performed a backflip and then a dashing somersault to roaring cheers. It's the first gold medal for both of them at a world championship and the fourth gold medal won by Team Taiwan at this year's meet in South Korea.